It's great to be back here in the church and with these fine people today. Uh, For the last 10 days, I have been working remotely from the smoky state of California. During that time, I uh, was visiting my extended family, aunts and uncles, and um, it wasn't the original plan for me to be gone by myself. Originally, Allison and the kids and I had planned to go and visit a bunch of national parks on the way out west. And while we did our remote work and online schooling, but once the digital learning experience began for my children, it was clear that this was not going to work for all of us to travel. And so while Allison stayed home and with the kids and they did their work in school, I took my Zoom meetings and my sermon writing with me to California. Now, I had a wonderful time on this trip, and I never really felt alone, but the whole time I was away and also because my family kept reminding me, it would have been much better if Allison and the kids had been there. Visits to family members that we rarely see would have been even more rich. Meeting my two cousins' babies for the first time would have been even sweeter if my kids had been there. You see, in the Christian life, it's always good to take other people along with you. We're reminded in our reading from Romans today just how simple the Christian life could be. Paul says the commandments, they're all summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Ultimately, it is this love and our minute-by-minute decision to love others as we love ourselves, and to love others as we want to be loved by others. It is this love that defines who we are as followers of Christ. And as we journey together in this life of faith, what if all of our thoughts and actions are guided by this love? Now, because love of neighbor is foundational, we know that the Christian life is not meant to be lived out in isolation. We human beings were created for relationships. Thankfully, our Lord loves us and knows us well enough to understand that even in the context of loving relationships, we can at times cause deep pain to each other. And when this happens, notice it says not if, but when this happens, we've been given a prescription of sorts to help us to heal when we've been wronged. Jesus says, if you have been wronged by a member of the church, go and tell that person one-on-one and give them a chance to make it right. A chance for them to apologize, a chance for you to forgive them. Whenever we are wronged, Jesus reminds us not to sit and to stew in anger, which we know only causes wounds to fester and can make conflicts explode. Nor is it a best practice to take our hurt to people who are not involved, talking more about one another than talking with one another. Rather, Jesus says the way to address being wronged is to take that hurt directly to the offending person. Now, I know that's not always easy, but perhaps they don't even know that they have done anything that's hurt you. Perhaps they're too ashamed to ask for your forgiveness. Perhaps a statement or an action that you have perceived as a slight 
was meant in an entirely different way. And unless we're willing to go to those people who have wronged us, we will never know. Again, this is not easy. Being in community with people is not easy, but it is wonderful. It is rewarding, and it is the life to which God calls us to. See, it's vital that we live our lives and we practice our faith in community. And because living in community can bring out conflicts and disagreements, we need to recognize that it's not always easy to be around people, even the ones whom we love the most. The therapist that sat with Allison and I as we did our premarital counseling said a line something like this, the ones you love the most can and will hurt you the most. You see, being aware of how deeply we can hurt those whom we truly love helps us to pay attention to what we say and what we do and to what we are failing to say or to do. For most of us, it's, it's far easier to identify the ways in which other people have harmed us, the way our own actions affect others. Jesus is calling our attention to the fact that we're all guilty of inflicting pain, whether through the systems we participate in or in our personal actions, things done and left undone. So Jesus continues his teaching by saying that if you go to the person who's wronged you one-on-one and that doesn't resolve the conflict, that we are to take one or two along with us to try to work it out again. See, in the Christian life, it's always good to bring others along with you. And if the resolution still evades you at that point, Jesus instructs his followers to widen the circle yet again by telling the church. Now let me be clear, this passage is not about excluding people who have wronged you, nor is it about shaming people in the church to come around to our side of things. Imagine that I loaned my lawnmower to Justin And while it was in Justin's care, it broke. If he chooses not to fix it right away, Jesus tells me to go directly to Justin and talk with him to see if we can't get this broken lawnmower fixed. If that doesn't work, I should take a couple other people with me and have that conversation. And if that doesn't work, the point is not to make the church members get attack him and to make him feel guilty so that he's going to fix my property. The point is all about relationships. And I find Jesus offering a very practical advice about offering forgiveness. By the way, Justin did not borrow my lawnmower, and it is still working. Finally, we're told, even after bringing the matter to the whole church, if no restitution can be reached, then the offender is to be treated like a Gentile and a tax collector. That'll show them, right? Hang on. Remember how Jesus interacted with tax collectors and Gentiles. Jesus sits and eats with them at table. He shares with them the good news of God. He even converts a known tax collector, Matthew, whom we're reading from today, into one of his 12 apostles. Even when a relationship is broken and efforts to repair it have been unsuccessful, there remains kindness, hope, and prayer that transformation and restoration can, with God's help, still happen. Again, remember the Christian life is not meant to be lived out in isolation. 
And we all have experienced just how difficult practicing community, just how hard that is during this time of pandemic. So a question for us today is, how are we living out our faith in community while we remain socially distant from one another? St. Michael's has many offerings for study, for fellowship, for accountability, for discipleship growth groups lived out in smaller groups. And most of these are meeting digitally during this time. So no matter where you live or your personal schedule, we can get you plugged in to part of this church community to help you feel connected and to grow in your faith and action. Community can also be built in our intentional practices of walking in love with our neighbors. Now, our gospel lesson today ends with some incredible, hopeful promises made by Jesus. He says, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Wow. That's the power of community. Jesus does not say if you're off by yourself that he will not be with you, but he does promise that when we gather together, that he is in our midst. So this week, I want to encourage you to think and to pray about how you are loving your neighbor as you love yourself. If you need to address a wrong, do so directly, but with kindness and gentleness. This week, think and pray about Christian community that you are a part of, or perhaps that you need help to create for yourself. We here at St. Michael will do all we can to help you. Be strengthened in the knowledge that Jesus is with us whenever we gather together, and that God answers our prayers. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you great thanks for the hopefulness we find in your words to us. We pray this week that we would be encouraged and inspired to deepen our love of our neighbor and grow in community so that we might all together experience your presence and be your hands and feet in the world. In Christ's name, amen.